Shit We've Read is brought to you by Oblivion Geeks in partnership with Bilo Network. Please visit shitweavered.com to support the show. Now, let's talk about some books. Hello, welcome to another episode of Shit We've Read, a sci-fi fantasy book podcast featuring two friends. I am your co-host, Laura Benson, and I'm here with Jason Rico. What's up? That's me. That's you. That's me. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Doing all right. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a crazy week. So I I'm excited to sit down and and talk with you about another book. Heck yeah! I'm super excited. I'm actually really excited to talk about this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this episode we are talking about the Black Veins, part of the Dead Magic series, book one, by Ashia Manet. This is a YA queer urban fantasy, so definitely up your alley, Jason. Heck yeah, urban (laughs) fantasy, bring it on. Before we jump into that, though, uh, let's talk about some of the other shit we've read recently. Yeah. What uh, what have you been looking into? So prior to this book, I've read uh, a few different things that were all uh, sequels to War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Ooh. Um, I like. I'm the kind of person that, like, when I find a story I really like, I want to consume as much about it as possible, especially like reimaginings, retellings, unofficial sequels, stuff like that. And so I found a couple different ones. Uh, I think I read like four or five in the last couple of weeks. The first was uh, War of the Worlds and Sherlock Holmes together. What? Uh, which like should have been great because I love both of those so much. Like I love Sherlock Holmes. I love War of the Worlds. Unfortunately, it's I did not like it at all. Oh, that's just, a bummer. It, it just like uh, I don't know. I, I just felt like the the author because it was not an official sequel to either of those. So the authors did not get the tone for me of Sherlock Holmes correctly. So I just felt mm-hmm. like I was reading kind of fanfic. And then also I. You would want Sherlock Holmes to kind of be more involved in the invasion, but it kind of just felt like the invasion's happening and also Sherlock Holmes is going on, but they don't really quite they don't meet merge up well. together the way I wanted them to. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so I, was gonna, I was going to ask. It sounded kind of like it was more of a fanfic type thing. How long was it? It wasn't very long, but it took me way too long to get through, which is a good indication that I just did not like mm. it. It was like it was definitely under 300 pages. Um, I think it was in the low 200s, maybe, which is really short. Okay. And I should have gone through that really quickly, but it took me like at least five days to get through. I just could not That's, get into it. That it's is really very long for you. Yes, exactly. That's an eternity <laughs> for me. So you know I don't like it. Um, but that's okay because after that, I read um, a couple different things in the Scarlet Traces. I guess, kind of continuation, which was a graphic novel. It's a graphic novel continuation of War of the Worlds that asked the question like, okay, the aliens have been defeated. What about all that technology? What happened with everything that got left behind? So this examines the technological advances that humanity has. Um, So I read two volumes of of that graphic novel, and then they had an anthology of short stories by a bunch of different authors uh, that I just read. And I actually really enjoy that. Um, I mean, anthologies in general are kind of hit and miss. Some of the yeah. stories are really good. Some are eh. But overall, I really enjoyed it. It was a wide range of stories. There was hard sci-fi. There was like a zombie tale in there. There was um, 
it's just a lot. So um, that was good. So that definitely cleansed the palate of the Sherlock Holmes uh, fiasco, <laughs> which should have been so good, but it just Aww. I didn't like it. But I'm sorry. Maybe you should write your own. See, but here's the thing. I know I can't do it justice, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> you got to oh, find I- a good author and, like, pitch the idea, and then maybe they'll write it. All right. I'll add this to the list of fanfic I need to I need yeah. get involved with. <laughs> yeah, what about you? What have you been reading recently? Um, you know, I uh, I recently read the the Skyward novellas. By mm-hmm. Brandon Sanderson and Jancy Patterson. Okay. I'm a huge fan of the Skyward books. So yeah. I looked up the reading order because I knew Cytonic, the third book, was coming out. So I read the first two novellas, and then you, you're supposed to read Cytonic, and then the third novella. And then it all kind of like fills in the gaps. Like you don't have to read the novellas, but they do really well at like telling you what else is happening during Spencer's book. And it really helps to build the rest of the universe, solar system. I, I can't remember the term that they use. Um, but it was really cool. And I, I enjoyed it because it, it also makes it to where the story is no longer just about Spencer. It's about her flight as well, the Skyward flight. So I I really love it. And then I, I found out too that there's another novella that's kind of more of, it's kind of a standalone, but it's like telling you the history, some of the history of this story. So I'm hoping to fit that into my schedule next month so I can round out my current knowledge of the Skyward series. Okay. Okay. I uh, I love this series too. Um, I haven't read Cytonic though, but Cytonic's actually next on my list. So as Yay! soon as the recording, I'm going to go home and start that, which I'm really excited about. And, but, I, um, and we got to talk about that one. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk about somebody or talk to somebody about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know if I'm going to read the novellas though. I'm, I'm on the fence. Well, maybe we'll <laughs> just see how you feel about Cytonic and yeah. then I can like, Say whether you should or shouldn't. All right. In good. my opinion, All obviously. Right. All right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been kind of focusing on that simultaneously. Just really quick in, in here. Um, I did also start listening to the audiobook that the original short story for the movie Arrival is in. That's been really interesting. Uh, like you just said, anthologies are kind of hit or miss. It, it, it's, it is an anthology and there's a number of, it's like I want to say like eight or nine stories in it. And I've only gotten through maybe three. They're fascinating, but a couple of them were definitely way over my head. <laughs> it's definitely, there are some very hard science stories in there that I just, I could not fully grasp. Um, but I'm kind of using it to like fill in time here and there. So it's taking me a while to finish it, but I am listening to it. <laughs> Don't you just love like a good hard sci-fi story where like I am too dumb to understand this, but here I am anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's so many times that I had to had to go back. <laughs> like and not even the 15, 30 seconds. Like I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I went back like 
10, 15 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to just start this over. <laughs> I love when I'm reading one of the stories and it's like, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds legit. That's science. Yeah, definitely. That's That makes sense to me. Doesn't I don't understand any of those words, but let's just keep it going. <laughs> or it makes sense while you're reading it, but then afterwards you just – it doesn't make any more sense. No. You can't you can't describe it to anyone and you're like, I don't know how this worked. But okay. <laughs> it's one of those situations like, yeah, that was this great part in the story. And they had this technology where they could do this and you know, like you have to kind you know, you just have to read it. I can't do it justice. You just have to read it. I don't have the PhD to explain this to you. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly yeah. exactly. But I love them. I love those stories. <laughs> uh okay should we jump into the book yeah let's do it that's why we're here okay (laughs) um so again we are discussing the black veins book one of the dead magic series Mm -hmm. by ashia manet again it is a young adult queer urban fantasy um that for sure piqued my interest (laughs) When I was looking into this book. <laughs> um, Jason, would you mind reading the synopsis for us? Sure, I can give that a stab. All right, here's a little synopsis for you. <laughs> in a world where magic thrives in secret city corners, a group of magicians embark on a road trip, and it's the no-love-interest found family adventure you've been searching for. 16-year-old Blythe is one of seven guardians, magicians powerful enough to cause worldwide panic with a snap of their fingers. But Blythe spends her days pouring latte art at her family's coffee shop. So why should she care about having apocalyptic abilities? She's given a reason when magician anarchists crash into said coffee shop and kidnap her family. Heartbroken but determined, Blythe knows she can't save them alone. A war is brewing between two magician governments, and tensions are too high. So she packs up her family's bright yellow Volkswagen, puts on a playlist, and embarks on a road trip across the United States to enlist the help of six strangers whose abilities are unparalleled. The other guardians. Ooh. You made that so cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was reading the synopsis, right away that came to mind was Thanos, which is a snap of her fingers. I'm like, oh, okay, you got some Infinity Stone action going Ooh. on here. <laughs> well, I mean, they do... Yeah. No, no, never mind. Never no, mind. no, no, no. <laughs> Okay, so let's just do first um, the the non spoiler first impressions. Okay. okay. Um, what did you think? I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, it wasn't perfect. There's I have some questions, and there are some things that really kind of bugged me, but not enough to take away from my enjoyment of this book. I just really enjoyed this book. I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed the characters. Um, I enjoyed the representation. Um, like you said earlier on, urban fantasy is totally my jam. So it already has a plus one star to begin with. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I really, I really like this book. Um, yeah. What about you? I was honestly a little underwhelmed, which is surprising because oh, I usually okay. like really enjoy the, you know, f- like found family road trip kind of adventure type stories. Um I think it was still really fun, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely felt like a YA book. Um, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And 
I don't think we mentioned it, but I believe this was also her debut. Um, is this her debut novel? I believe so. I believe this is okay. her first book, yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, for a debut, it was really good. But um, I just had, I feel like I had a, a lot of questions and just things that kept happening that was frustrating. Um, and I think I just kind of wanted more from it. But I don't disagree I'm with hoping, any of that. I'm hoping you'll change my mind. <laughs> uh, I don't know because I don't think I disagree with any of that. I think I, I'm, I'm curious to hear exactly what it is you'll say that you didn't like because it's probably in line with what I did not like. But I just okay. kind of chose to ignore that and just have fun <laughs> with it. Like okay. I said, this book is just – how do I put this? Um, you ever watch just like a movie or a TV show that – just doesn't always make sense or it's kind of dumb or kind of cheesy, but you just love the hell out of it. Like there are yeah. so many things like that are wrong with it, but you just enjoy it. This book is kind of that for me. Not to say that there's a lot of stuff wrong with it or anything like that. It's just, it was just really fun for me. So any issues I had with it, any questions I had, anything that didn't make sense. Um, I just found myself not really caring. Um, okay. I will say this, this isn't really spoilery, but for me, I found this book really predictable. Yeah. And that yeah. normally might annoy me, but it didn't in this instance because it's like, you know, I'm not here for the twists and turns. I'm here for the fun road trip. Um, I'm here for, you know, these kids at these guardians. Um, so I think in that sense, it delivered. Um, but yeah, but that's it. That's all I can say without spoilers. <laughs> I I, I want to also add that um, it, it felt a little slow in a lot of the book and only like really started to speed up toward the end. Yeah. Um, I, and I, sometimes it was a little hard to get through, but I think the, the characters kind of are what got me through it in definitely. general. Yeah. The characters um, are definitely what saves this book. Over everything yeah. Else. Um, yeah, because there's there like it, the synopsis mentions it's her and six strangers, so mm-hmm. that's a decent amount of characters, different people to kind of get to know, different personalities and mm-hmm. um, interactions. So that made it definitely more interesting during the slower parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the the slowness could just be a, a product of the the road trip aspect. Yeah. I feel like that might just be difficult, right? Because you know, the book says there's her and six strangers. So you know, no matter what, you're going to have to go to these six different points in the book. And so that can kind of feel like, oh, I'm just waiting for this to happen. I'm waiting to get to the next part. I'm waiting to get to the next part. Because um, once it finally does, once you get all the guardians in, like you said, it really does pick up at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's just... The, the kind of nature of the beast of writing a, a road trip story. Yeah, that's true. Well, do you want to get into the spoilers then? Well, actually, I, I will say one, one other thing that isn't really spoilery. Um, right at the beginning of the book, which I really, really enjoyed, was the fact that the author put content warning. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which, especially if you've listened to the last episode with uh, Z and Bella, that was one of the things they said is like books should always have content warnings at the beginning. And this book has it. So right away, you know exactly mm-hmm. what you're getting yourself into, which I think is really good. Which um, I, I want to point out too, like 
this is this this book is not you know graphic or you know this is a young adult book right but mm-hmm. it still had this content warnings because you the, you just don't know yeah what could upset your readers mm-hmm. um so that was really cool when i opened it up and saw that yeah and it's not and it's not even just um like content in the plot but it also references language that's in the book mm-hmm and it tells you which chapters yeah, if which you're just chapter. trying to avoid certain things. Yeah. Um and it's it's still it's still very short. Um but I did also I did very much appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's all I have to say before this. Okay. No worries. Okay. Um okay, so spoilers warning. Three, two, one. Go. Uh, <laughs> do we want to start with things we liked? Let's do a shit sandwich. Let's let's something we <laughs> liked, stuff we did not like, and then we'll close it out with something we liked at the end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, let, let's just kind of recap the the plot for anybody who maybe hasn't read it and is still lis- still listening, who doesn't care about stories. Okay. Okay. This story takes place in a world where there is magic, and people use magic. are called magicians. And there are magical governments within this world. Government, not in the sense of a country. Like, it's not like a geographical government. It's more of like a governing body. So, like, if you were to compare it to, like, a Harry Potter, there, there's the, um, I'm blanking on what the government's called. But, you know, like, the wizarding government there overlooks all the magicians. So, there's a few um, different governments. The ministry or something? Yeah, the Ministry of Magic. Thank you. Yes. There we go. How did I forget that? Wow. Okay. I didn't uh, even read that. I know. So I was like, how did you know this? And I didn't. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, so there's so there's magical governments that overlook magicians. And you can belong to a different government. You can leave the government. You can kind of be unaffiliated. One of these governments is called the Black Veins, which is where we get the title of the book. And they are the largest magical and the oldest, correct? Yes. And so the, the, the people in charge of the Black Veins... Are, are called sages. They are seven immortals, correct? And they they yes. they're like the council on the black. Yeah, like what they say goes basically. Correct. Yeah. And so on and under the sages, we have guardians. There are seven different elements of of magic, mm-hmm. and the the elements of magic are different um, different like focuses. I guess you can choose, you'd say there's animal. There's body, there's mind, there's death, nature, ether, and oh, Lord, help me out. <laughs> Did you say time? Time. I don't think I said time. Time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so time. So these are these are the different parts of magic, and the guardians each represent one of these elements. So there, there are people who their focus is that element. Did I get that right? That's, yeah, no, that's right. And then, yeah. and then there's other like, all the other magicians. You know, they they kind of have like learned magic too, mm-hmm. and uh, things that like channel certain powers or whatever. People who are not magicians are not allowed to know about magic and they're called commons which i thought mm-hmm. was weird <laughs> so it was kind of an interesting world 
magical world that mm-hmm. the author built. I love I love seeing authors' takes on on, on magic systems um, and how they they explain it. I really liked so one other thing to note: um, magicians in general, you can you can practice different types of magic. So you could do a, a learn magic spell that is a combination of say time and nature, whatever, you know, like say you're going to grow a tree quickly, that'd be a combination of nature and time. Um, but the guardians are limited only to their own element. Um, that said, they are almost like limitless on what they could do within their own element. Yeah. So long as they learn it. Like they could be incredibly powerful yes. Yes. in that type of magic. Yeah. So the, so the, the guardian of time could completely control time to whatever degree they want if they so mastered that. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of our story, these guardians are all teenagers, so they don't really know what to do. They're all they're all pretty new with their magic. Yeah. So in the book, kind of like an overall summary of what happens, there is a potential war happening between the Black Fanes and... The Trident Republic. Trident Republic has only been around for a few years, I think. Mm-hmm. Basically, Trident the Trident Republic swoops in and kidnaps Blythe's family, which the synopsis mentions. Um, Blythe is supposed to be going to the magical city uh, of the Black Veins. I don't yeah, like remember the cap- what the it's capital called. city of yeah. Black Veins. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, and. A woman named Katia is tasked with collecting all of the Guardians because they suspect the Guardians are are being targeted. But Blythe decides she doesn't trust Katia. She convinces Cordelia to run away with her. And then over the course of this road trip, they end up meeting all of or finding all of the other Guardians. Yeah, Blythe is going around trying to collect all the Guardians as backup so they can go to the yeah. capital of the Trident Republic to free her kidnapped family. Yes. So that's that's the overall driving point of the story. Yeah, so there's a decent number of characters that we're, we're lot, yeah. always seeing. So um, there's the, the Seven Guardians, um, though, again... They're not necessarily all there at the same time for a lot of the book. Um, we see Katya a lot. The like small boss is um, General Rue Whiteclaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the description that they gave for him. Big Dorito shaped guy who looked and sounded like Hugh Jackman as Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they talk about Walden Oliver a lot, who is the actual, like, I guess, leader of the Trident Republic, but we don't get to see him in this Mm-mm. book. But yeah, so the it's a road trip trying to collect all these guardians um, to try and get them to help Blythe uh, save her family, fight the bad guys, you know. Um, so it's, it's, it's just kind of a magical road trip adventure yeah i i'll say monet did not do herself any favors by writing a story that had seven main characters on top of any secondary characters on top of having to introduce a whole new 
world magical system yeah kind of mythology there's just a lot in this book and honestly i think she did pretty well i'd say so I, I think in terms of the magic system the characters i never found myself uh, um lacking information for that um i had questions because that's just the nature of you know when i read stuff like i want to know more about it but I think she did a pretty, pretty, especially for her first book. Like that is a tall order, and I think she did really yeah. good job. Yeah, it is a lot of a lot of characters and and whatnot. I think my my favorite part, my favorite aspect of this was um, the representation, the diversity of all the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like just just the guardians. You know, there's one, two, there's three. One, two, three black characters. Uh, there's a Chinese character. There's a white character. There's a Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Um, there, a lot of them are specified to be queer, whether yeah, like bisexual or tr- there's even a trans character. And uh, I, I just thought that that was done really, really well. Oh, and then also supporting character that we only see in the beginning, but I loved them was Jamie. Yeah, Jamie is great. Jamie was amazing. Jamie was a non-binary coworker, friend, maybe future love interest. Yeah. Don't know. So I thought that was just kind of cool. What what are we laughing at? <laughs> well, I'm laughing because I was like, yeah, there, we, had, we had two bisexual characters. We had a couple straight characters. And then we had Antonio, uh, um, who, I don't know, what is deal? <laughs> Antonio's my favorite character in the book. But like... Did they specify that he's queer at all? I don't, no, I don't but think they did, I, right? But they, they keep I don't flirting think with so. them. Yes, he's kind of flirty. Right. But then when I was when I was looking up like um other reviews or like a, a set list, the character list with their information so I didn't have to type it myself. Um the one that I found specifies him as queer. But I I don't personally remember that being specified. Yeah, I don't remember that either. But but Jay, one of the other male characters who is bi, definitely flirts with Antonio. Oh, all but over an, the place. But Antonio, either through just innocence or just being oblivious, like kind of goes along with it. Yeah. He's having fun with it. Yeah, like Antonio is just like such a carefree character that it's hard to tell, like, are, are you queer and also flirting back? Are you just accepting the flirtation as someone being nice to you? Are you just <laughs> accepting the flirtation, but you yourself aren't queer? So you're like, hey, thanks, but I don't feel that way. Like, it's so hard to tell with Antonio. But I loved Antonio because he's just, like, game for anything. He makes friends with everybody. And I loved the part in the book where um, Antonio's, like, questioning his role in the group. Because all these, all yeah. these guardians – you know, are, are throwing down, right? Some are very physical. Some have like mental powers and are creating like mental shields. And then Antonio just, is just kind of there. And he's like, I, what, what am I doing here? Like, I'm not a fighter. I'm not, you know, like I don't really have a role. And then Blythe tells them like, no, you are support. Like you are the one who breaks down barriers between us. Like a lot of us that didn't like each other before you came along, but you could befriend anybody. You're the one that feeds us because he's a really good chef. He's always in the kitchen making food. Like we're the one that needs you. And then she in the book likens it to um she's like, you ever have you ever played Overwatch the video game? Mm-hmm. And it's like you were the support character. You were the healer. Like if we didn't have you, 
we would survive. Uh, yeah. And I love that for Antonio so much. Well, and then it was cute because he was like, he was like, oh, I I normally play the healer yeah. or something like, like yeah, that. I was yeah. like, oh. Antonio, I love him. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's literally an angel because he can grow wings. <laughs> <laughs> he's the guardian of nature, so he can get wings like yeah. a bird. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's a very cute a very yeah, cute yeah. character yeah. yeah wait so who is your favorite character uh you know what I I kind of keep going back and forth between a few people um mm-hmm. I did really like Antonio he was just he was just very positive he brought a lot of positivity to it um but I also really like Caspian. Oh, Caspian's um, cool. So Caspian is the guardian of death. Um, Caspian is trans. I don't know mm-hmm. if the book specifies. I honestly can't remember. But this this uh, description that I found says that he is asexual. Um, don't don't again. I don't remember if that was specified. But cool. Um, but there's just, we just don't really know very much about him. And, and there's just, there's something that the way the author wrote his character and, and details just, it's very mysterious and I want to know more. (laughs) And then Jay is just freaking, just so entertaining. (laughs) Jay. Okay. Like right off the bat, they're like, "I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he's a fudge." What was it? He's a a fuck boy or or fucks boys. That's what. Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. I just started busting up laughing, and I was like, "What?" And then he shows up, and he he's like, "I'm both." Yeah, it's both. It's both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jay. Jay knows exactly who he is, and I love it. <laughs> He's such a he's just, just uh, such a funny character. Yeah. Just so much flirting, but some sometimes it like it's just it just comes off as funny. But I I I really liked his character. And I like this it's just so funny the way that he's always described, like because he's the guardian of the body. Mm-hmm. So they're always like talking about how beautiful he is and um he's so strong and he's just like always glowing and it's just so funny because they just find themselves just being entranced by him. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and I just, it's so funny too, because I think it said that he had really long dreads. Yeah. Really long dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes the description will be like, his hair like waved around or something like that, <laughs> making him sound even more majestic. <laughs> I will say I cheated with the descriptions because the author does a great job of describing them. I just don't always picture characters, but I cheated in this instance because this book has a 10th and no, not a 10th anniversary, a uh, one year anniversary edition that was released. That's right. And on the cover, it has illustrations of all the characters. And so I just immediately look at that cover and save those, those descriptions in the memory bank. And so I just referred to those characters those illustrations i thought i thought about doing that when i was reading it and then i just forgot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i want to look at it right now 
Yeah, because I, I forgot because we were trying to also decide which editions that we wanted to get. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Oh, she's even got her hockey stick. It doesn't look like a hockey stick on that cover, though. <laughs> that's actually pretty, that's pretty close to what I was picturing. Sweet. Yeah. Okay, so we, we said a couple of nice things. Let's, let's get into some of the things we did not like. Let's get to the shit part of the shit sandwich. Um, um, is this going to be a multi-layer sandwich? This, yeah, this can be like one of those Scooby-Doo sandwiches that have like 30 layers of meat and cheese and veggies in between the bun. Okay. So, yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> I have two major gripes. I have two major gripes that really are just kind of one, but I will let you go first. I have more than sandwich. that. Yeah, so you, you get started first. This is why I didn't want you to look at my notes beforehand. <laughs> okay. <geez. laughs> my number one biggest gripe mm-hmm. is this novel is just full of typos, incorrect words, bad grammar, and like inconsistent details. <laughs> okay. Normally yeah. I look past it, but it's... It is everywhere, and it's not just the printed book. When I when I uh, read books for the podcast, I often read the read from both the print copy and the ebook. So that's what okay. I was doing here. And if I'm reading the print copy, if I see something I want to highlight, then I'll pull my ebook out and highlight it so that I have it saved somewhere. So there's been times when I um, will go back and forth and compare. And some of these are fixed in the ebook, but I will say the majority of the time that I read this was on the ebook. So even the ebook is full of them. I was going to ask if you read it, on the, if you saw these typos on the ebook or the printed book, because I read it, um, I have the physical book as well, but I read it entirely ebook. So I also take notes. And I came across a bunch of typos, and it was annoying me. But I made sure to check. It was like I came to one typo. I was like, okay, is this in the physical book as well? Because uh, I know sometimes certain things are edited more when they get mm-hmm. printed or vice versa. And so the one typo, I forgot what it was. But when I found it in the ebook, I looked in the physical book and it wasn't there. And so my oh, assumption weird. was, was oh, the, the errors are in the ebook. They fixed it for the printed version. Or maybe it was just like a weird formatting thing, like a glitch. I don't know. But if you're saying they were in both, then mm-hmm. then yeah, that could definitely be annoying. Because there were weird. a lot of typos in the ebook for sure. Yeah, there was uh, one that stands out to me the most because I was so confused I didn't know what it was saying at first. It said it, it said horse, like a like a um horse voice. Mm-hmm. Um and I it didn't make sense in the context um in the printed book. So I took out the ebook and looked at it and it was supposed to say horde and it was correct in the ebook wait because i'm almost positive i came across horse yeah in the ebook i ha- i came across horse and it was an error in the ebook but you said it was fixed what? in your ebook because here okay here it is i found it the the krubin horse has oh, swallowed no, the that's it. hole. was that in the was that that was this is in the ebook it's in the ebook. It's in my oh, ebook, anyhow. Fudge. So, so the errors are know. just let all me, over the place. Let me try it. 
I will say though, this, I'm how do you spell horse? Entirely positive. This is a independently published book. Oh no, it definitely is. Yeah. So so I, I want to make it clear we're not we're not attack, attacking the author about this, right? This is this this tends to be um, a common thing amongst a lot of self published books because they just can't afford the editor. No one's really kind of proofreading these things, and it, it just that's just the way it goes sometimes, you know. Um, it's yeah, just when you're reading of, it, it's just, it gets annoying. But a lot of authors, even self-publishing, they still have people that are reading these. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my my first, my biggest gripe. Like I understand, yes, it's it's self-published. Maybe people that can't, she couldn't get a, an an actual um, editor. But it's just it was it was so many that it often took me out. Um. Or like there's there's like missing words completely yeah. just yeah. gone, and it just got frustrating when half the time I had to like interpret what the sentence is. Yeah, I will say for me the majority of the typos I was able to get past because I, I knew what they were trying to say. You know, it was like a wrong letter here or a wrong word, but it was easy to infer what the word was supposed to be or whatever. So I didn't like it wasn't difficult except for a few instances in particular, like this horse one. I had mm-hmm. no idea what this word was supposed to be. So thank you for telling me it was supposed to be horde. Horde. There, there's a few instances where like, I'm just going to move on. I don't, I don't need to know what the sentence was trying to say. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I can get the general vibe, context clues of what's happening in this scene. I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So typos. One. <laughs> what else you got? What, what, is, you, well, what is yours? Okay. Well, my, my, my two things really are connected to Katya. And and the guardians in relation to Katya. Okay. Um, so there's two kind of separate issues, but they really are are one. I one of my biggest pet peeves about books, in particular YA books, middle age books, any book that involves kids of any age, is that so much of the plot can be avoided if adults just told kids certain things. Mm-hmm. And so in the book, the kids come under the assumption that Katya is working for the Trident Republic because she has the same wind powers as White Claw. And then she kind of infers that what she says, like, you know, I know him, but I don't want to tell you about that. And so right away, they think she is a traitor working for White Claw. We're going to leave. So this entire story only takes place because Katya didn't say, I grew up with them. There's, I don't. You know, we're not friends. I grew up with him, which we find out later in the book. And that's like immediately just a gloss over. It's explained in like half a page and, and then, then we move gone. on from there. So like yeah, this and then we don't book, even see her. After yeah, so that. this entire book really didn't need to exist <laughs> except for that tiny bit of information not mm-hmm. being shared, which annoys the hell out of me. And then stemming from that, once they leave, my other biggest gripe was how easily the Guardians are able to avoid Katya when – Honestly, Katya probably has way more resources than them, right? She's part of, of the, the the Black Veins government. Yep. She knows that they're going to the Guardians. She has, like, she knows, like, it'd be one thing if the Guardians left or on the run and you had no idea where they're going. But you know exactly where they're going. Why don't you just oh, wait yeah. for them? You have all these resources. There is no way in hell these meddling kids should have avoided Katya for as long as they did. And then even when Katya kind of catches up to them, they're able to easily escape again. Yeah, like, she just okay. lets them go. Yes. So, well, no, not, not the part oh, where she lets no, them go. Oh, no, you're talking before about that, okay. Before yeah. that, 
Um, that was, yeah. Actually, that's, I, I totally agree with you on that stuff. And it's also related to one of my other things that I was frustrated about is everything just seemed too coincidental and convenient for them. Mm-hmm. Just and overall. Jay? Jay? Everything. Yeah. Just <laughs> happened to find Jay. Okay. I have a couple of other of sentences that I, or quotes that I saved. Like, um, when they bring Jay to hotel, mm. um, they're like, how are we supposed to carry him through the lobby and into the elevator before anyone asks questions? And they do exactly that. Yeah. Just happens to work out. And then mm-hmm. um, they go into that, that antique store and um, the, what is the name? Roger. The cashier yeah. kid was yeah. like, you know what? I don't need your horrible bribes. You can take the stuff. I'm sure no one cares. Yeah, Easy. Just they just need. like took all this shit, all this magical, powerful shit, and then just left. <laughs> oh, you need plot armor? Here you go. Don't worry about paying yeah, for it. Just, just exactly. take it. Oh, fix my, fix my hockey stick. Oh, I've got tape. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there is a, there was a line towards the end of the book, I think, after they get Jay, where they comment on like, oh, we just like, came across him like how convenient was that we just found him and so i feel like even the author is aware that some of these things are just too coincidental oh yeah Um, she knows. i'm just gonna acknowledge that it's it just happened because i needed it to happen (laughs) so like at least the author's in on it but yeah there's a lot of that but again this goes back to like it it was so fun for me so i just overlooked that it's like all right fine whatever you just you literally just like come across jay for no reason whatsoever but that's weren't fine. even they weren't even looking for him, which no, no. We I don't think we know why they weren't looking for the last guardian. Oh yeah, that was one of my questions. I yeah, there's se- there's seven guardians. We know there's seven guardians, but for some reason throughout the entire book, they keep like when you talking about finding six of them, like one of them is lost, and I don't yeah. and, and I don't remember why that is. Is it there's just forgot you know who the seventh one was, or I think it has to do with. No, maybe that was for Caspian. The the note, the list, the name list that they stole yeah. from Katya, one of them had a bunch of question marks next to it. And I don't remember if that was, that was Caspian. Jay's. That was, that was Jay? Jay's. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's why they didn't go looking for him because they didn't know. So it wasn't that they they just literally didn't have a location for him. That's all it was. I think so. Or that might have been for Caspian because they didn't know where Caspian was. No, they knew Caspian was in was in Quebec City. Like they knew, they didn't have like an actual right. like house address, but they they knew where he was. That's right. Okay. But yeah, for Maybe Jay, they had no clue what it was. Okay. And they why? Were like, why well, was that? Why six was that? Bus a, is enough. But why was that? A, why was that important? Why was not knowing where Jay was a thing in the book? Because they didn't want him. She didn't want them to know that he was Joshua Hoffman. So it was only for that reveal that he is probably the, the heir to the, the Zadis. <laughs> yeah. Z- Zadis, Zadis, Zadis. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, Zadis sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, whatever. Um, you actually you mentioned a few things that I had questions about. <laughs> you we just mentioned that Caspian was in Canada. Yeah. Quebec. Yeah. Uh, how the fuck did they get into Canada? Oh, I would, yeah. No. 
I was wearing the same thing. I was, the I was like, thing. wait, what? You have, you have these five kids going to Canada. This all happen to have their passports on them, and it's fine. No one's going to question yeah. anything. I was like, well, and they're just, they're a car full of children with no adult. Like, yeah. they're not going to get through Border Patrol. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, what are you kids not going to happen. And why Why was Caspian in Canada? What did that have to do with anything? Yeah, that was weird. And why is Caspian named Caspian when it sounds so much like Casper? Because he's a ghost? I think so. Which is another question yeah. I had. Did we know what Caspian's name was before we met Caspian? No. Their th- dead name? No, we don't know. Okay. I just, I was really confused because when Katya meets up with them, whatever point she says and you changed your name because because i'm a boy caspian says and i missed my afternoon nap so i'm too tired to deal with transphobia thanks so i was like wait what was cas did we know what cas how did they know who they were looking for Okay, so it was never said in the book. I, I had to go back to because that kind of threw me off because it was never implied that Caspian was transgender. It, it didn't mention that when the Guardians got to uh, Quebec City, they were talking to that guy and and he, it's implied that in the story they said Caspian's dead name, but it's never printed because the guy, mm. the, 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 the man replies, I don't know anybody by that name, but like, but like, what about... This person, cast like the same last name, but not the, not the not the same first name. Hmm. You know, it's like it's like oh yeah, I'm looking for Laura Benson. Well, I don't, I don't know that, but I know a Lorenzo Benson. Like I know I know the Bensons in general. Are you, are you talking about Lorenzo? Okay. So so it was never printed, but I think the Guardians did have it on their paper. Hmm. Yeah, that did kind of throw me off a little bit because they did make a point to say that Caspian had a different name. They never mm-hmm. really explained why until that part. I'm like, oh, because they're transgender. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that okay. makes sense. Um, yeah, okay. I, was I, get, just... I get it now. Yeah. But I definitely had to go back. Okay. That wasn't just me. No, no. <laughs> no. Did you think Caspian was actually dead? I was kind of on the fence because I thought it was weird if Caspian's dead but still had magic but then i was like well then again he is the guardian of death so maybe that makes sense but it makes more sense that he's not so everything with caspian was just so like I, I i don't know they were like when the guy said oh yeah he, he hangs out in the graveyard they're like oh, the graveyard i'm like he's the guardian of death where do you think he hangs out like why is that <laughs> shocking to you it's like, you know, like, oh, he's a guardian of geeks. Well, he's in the comic book store? <laughs> yeah, of course he'd be. Where else would Duh. he be? <laughs> so, like, I, I didn't know why that was surprising. And then when he was a quote-unquote ghost and they assumed that he was dead, I never bought he was dead for a second. No, he's the guardian of death. He could probably turn into a ghost. <laughs> and also he's eating ramen. Why would a ghost need to eat ramen? Uh, that's true. That's true. I'm going. I'm going on my list. I'm, I'm checking my list to see what we've talked about. All right, Laura. Here we go again. Just like talking <laughs> shit about a book, even though we enjoyed it. <laughs> well, remember, I did say that I was you a little did. underwhelmed. You did. That's so I'm fair. hoping that our discussion will change my mind. Um, okay, number two on my list. I do not like Blythe. Okay, that's that's never a good time when we don't like the main <laughs> character. I liked her in the beginning because she was like, 
super friendly and like I felt like she was trying to overcome some things when she's trying to be friends with Jamie and obviously she's going through stuff with this whole guardian being attacked thing but then as the story progressed I just didn't like I just didn't like how she was with everybody like she somehow suddenly became the leader and was like making all the decisions I don't understand why they started just following her. She became manipulative. She was kind of judgmental. She didn't come off as very sympathetic a lot of times. And she was very hypocritical. And then she often just made stupid decisions. <laughs> oh, yeah. She ran off multiple times for no reason. All the time. And it was driving me crazy. Like, I even, I even, um, I highlighted and I left a note on a couple of things, um, the let's see the trident republic steals lots of things including my family and peace of mind but you don't see that stopping me Blythe says we'll never make it anywhere if we don't use it if something attacks us we'll just hide this is when they were the, in the temp- tempore mm-hmm. and I was like girl you're smarter than this but you're just gonna go into the tempore and then just hope and just hide, hope they don't find you you know that they took it over yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's another one. Uh, I don't remember. I didn't highlight who this, who said this, but somebody was saying to her, because you've done a lot of good too and you have a cause worth fighting for. And I, I left a note, what good is she referring to though? What good has Blythe done at this point? I'm trying to think of where that, that was in the story. I think, I mean, to, to Blythe's benefit, um... Whether she just took charge and whether that was warranted or not, she did become like the leader to the group and and bring them all together. She she was able to pull out of them, I think, aspects of themselves they weren't aware they were capable of. Maybe. Like Cordelia in particular at the end kind of says, like, I looked at you and you're so like kind of like sure of yourself and you were able to do all these things and and I kind of like wanted to be you i think blythe is able to not in the best way but ultimately get them to be the best versions of themselves i suppose i mean sure it's in service of what she wants but (laughs) (laughs) also we got to remember laura these are kids right i I know but i just Kids make dumb decisions all the time. <laughs> oh, it was just driving me crazy. Like, just I just could not connect with her and like the decisions she was making. And and you know, I think part of the part of the thing too that I, I actually um, another I was looking at reviews and and there was a review that kind of like really explained how I was feeling too. Is a lot of times the author was just telling parts of the story rather than allowing us to experience those parts. And so I'm wondering if maybe I also couldn't really connect with Blythe because of of that. Like I wanted to like her. I liked her in the beginning. I just I just didn't like the direction that she went. Like you just said it was all very much for her own benefit. Which I mean I understand to a certain point cuz she she's trying to save her family. I get that. Um, it just it felt very manipulative, especially if she's asking 
other kids to help her, it's like they might die for you and your family. You should, you know, be honest. <laughs> and we see that kind of like happen with um, Antonio when Antonio finds out what they're actually really doing. He was pretty upset. Um, so, yeah, she does kind of get better about being honest after that, but it still felt very manipulative in a lot of places. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, something you said brought up a question that's not at all related to what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> but um, oh, I'm trying to find it. I'm I'm almost positive that there is a part in the story where Katya is talking to, what's that other guy that she knows that works with him? Uh, Val? Yeah. And I think he's saying something along the lines of like, like she kind of cuts him off. But it sounds like he's going to say that they can't die or they can't do something or like they're... Like, are they immortal themselves or something? And I'm trying to... They as in... The, the Guardians. The Guardians. Okay. Because you just said that, you know, like, they could die. I'm like, I, I feel like... I mean, maybe... but they don't know that. No, they don't know that. They don't know that. Um, I mean, they, they don't... I mean, if if they can't die, they don't know that. So she's still gotcha. asking them to potentially... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I found it. I think I found it. I think I found it. Um... And they're guardians, Valerian continues. You know they can't. I know, Katya interrupts. But they can be hurt in other ways. Oh. So I think the guardians might. Are they might... the new sages? <laughs> the look I... on your face just now <laughs> was like mind blown. <laughs> I don't think they're the new sages. I think they are the embodiment of their element. So it's like saying, okay, I am the embodiment of time. Well, time can't be destroyed. So therefore, can I not be destroyed? So is that what's happening? They're always going to be around? Are they immortal along with the sages? I'm blanking on the details of why they did this. Please hold while we look this up. Okay, I found it. The sages are immortal. They've ruled the Black Vein since the fall of the Roman Empire. They live in Frostglade, handle all government affairs, and protect the cores of the seven elements. Now, the cores are seven orbs which, if destroyed, would obliterate the magic of the element they contain. So, say the orb for the element of nature was destroyed. Magicians wouldn't be able to make tornadoes or hurricanes or earthquakes. These cores are, as you can imagine, filled with magical energy. The sages were even bestowed with magic from them, which is one of the reasons they're so powerful. Fifteen years ago, one of the sages became power-hungry. After years of planning in secret, he attacked the other sages and nearly destroyed Frostglade in his attempt to absorb the power of the seven cores. Blah, 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 blah. So the sages decided that the cores were too power overpowered to be left in their raw state. So now each element is split amongst a guardian and a core. So I wasn't too far off. They're kind of like infinity stones, but also they're on the, the guardians. So um, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that doesn't make them immortal, though, because it says that the cores can be destroyed. And if the cores are destroyed, then magic of that element is gone forever, which means it can disappear. So maybe and the guardians aren't immortal. Yeah, and it's split between them, so I would assume that makes them less powerful and less able to survive. Oh, maybe it's like death. a horcrux. You can't destroy 
the person without destroying all the horcruxes so you can try to destroy the guardian but the core is still around so therefore you can't Mm. maybe i don't know did you just predict book two that's it i have to read it i predicted it So we mentioned earlier that we liked the seeing different authors create their own worlds. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you think of the magic system and and whatnot in this book? I, I from what we saw, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the the idea that magic stems from these seven elements. Um, and I'm really curious to see if that will be explored more in, in future books. Because all you really see is airbending, right? We see yeah, right. White Claw and Katya do airbending. And I'm talking about the guardians who, I'm oh, sorry, magicians who aren't guardians. So right. we see that. We see Rocco, one of the, the biker guys. He, he fireball. So he is. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he's firebender. Did we see anybody else really use magic that wasn't guardians? Mm. Oh well, her parents, her parents, her mom can do force oh, fields. Oh, that's right. Yes, and her dad can go invisible. Mm-hmm. So Sue Storm, Sue Storm, and um, and and Violet from The Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Sue yeah, Storm and- can do both. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. She's, yeah. I was just thinking of the force fields, but uh, she's, she's literally the invisible woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're X-Men who could also learn to do magical spells. Yeah. Pretty much, That's right? That's kind like, of what I was thinking when I yeah, started yeah, yeah. reading it. I was like, if, yeah. if they have like a specialty, I feel like it's just like actual powers. <laughs> yeah. We barely, yeah, we barely saw the magical system. I like the idea of where it comes from. It comes from these elements and blah, blah, but I want to, I want to see more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you think? I, I liked, like you said, I liked what we saw, but I, uh, again, I wish I had more of it. I'm, I'm mostly interested in like, um, just the overall magical world, how it all works. Like we, we do learn about the governments and these rules and stuff, but I feel like there's a lot of, um, a lot of details that uh, we don't really get reading it. Right. I think I'm just being more, I'm just being too technical about, about this just because when like we learn about some of the rules and stuff, it, I would start thinking, well, what about this though? So like in the beginning when we learn that the commons are not allowed to know about magic and magicians and whatnot um i was like well how does this work then with jamie jamie's parents are common because jamie was um adopted Adopted, i think Mm uh so it was like how does this work with jamie because jamie works in the cafe but the cafe is hidden from commons right so their parents know that they work for the Fuller Cafe, but the Fuller Cafe is not visible or really known 
by commons. Oh, that's a good point. And then on top that. of that, I was like, if the cafe is only there for uh, magicians, how do they explain their income? How do they do taxes? Like, how how do they live in the normal world if their business is not there for the full public? <laughs> And I have asked, you you really, I just, I'm going to put that out there now. I think about this because I owned my own cafe. (laughs) I had my own business. So I'm like, how, how would I make that work? I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) See, this is why you, you and I are friends because this is the kind of shit I think about. Because you do ask all like good questions, like logistically, how does this, this work? Um, And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the author hasn't given that thought. Um, I like the concept of it. Yeah, but then I'm just like that. That just doesn't make yeah. sense. It makes sense if they were maybe still part of the Black Veins. Um, true. They could provide some sort of cover story or something. Yeah, or you know, maybe they would they would have it in a magical area of town or. I don't know. It's just one of those things like it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me. I feel like they would be found out somehow by commons unless there's some other magical stuff going on that we don't know about. <laughs> Maybe, you know, each agency within the the common government has some magicians who um handle all this, right? Which is going to be a real deep web. <laughs> okay. Because when you first ask, like, Jamie, they have a job. But what what's their job to the normal world? My first thought was, well, they said that the cafe exists in, a, like, a warehouse. It, it looks like a warehouse to commoners, right? It looks it, like an abandoned warehouse. Yeah, that's, yeah that, and that's true. Like, if it was it's been a regular warehouse, then maybe they have a warehouse business. And Jamie works at the warehouse. But you're right. Jamie's parents specifically said the cafe when they met Blythe. And like you said, it's an abandoned warehouse. So that can't be a cover job. And then what does it look like to people on the street (laughs) when people walk in? That I did think about. If it's a cafe (laughs) that's in an abandoned warehouse, just a bunch of people are just coming into this abandoned warehouse and then walking out. Like, do they not have cups to go? Like... You just walk into a warehouse and come out with coffee? Or is it invisible? Or are they That's just walking what? around like this with nothing in their hand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. A lot of this doesn't quite make sense. Laura, look, I was trying to ignore all this stuff. I was just I'm trying to have sorry. fun with this book. And now I'm like, ah. I just had fun with it. This is probably why I would never write anything is because I would get into too much detail and I wouldn't know how to fix it. And so I would just scrap it. Laura, what's the story about? I don't have a story, but the way it works with the real world is figured (laughs) out. (laughs) Anything else, Major? Uh, I think that's probably it. I, um... I think I probably will read the next book. I think mostly, again, because of the characters. I want more from the characters because I feel like, you know, we, we said that she um, balanced 
the seven characters pretty well for the most yeah. part, but I still feel like we came out not like really getting to fully get to know them or understand them. No, no. by design, I would say like we definitely did not dive a lot into Storm. Storm oh, no. has that whole story with New Orleans and yeah, there's a whole going on there. Um, we Caspian. don't know Caspian's family we know is dead, but we don't know anything else. Yeah. We know Jay's family exists in the world. They're pretty popular, but we don't really know much about them. Um, so, yeah. So, there's a lot more with the, with the characters. Yeah. And I, I do I do want to get more of of their backgrounds and and see more of their interactions with each other. Because, you know, like like we kind of said before, is it's is this is a road trip story. So, we're not going to really get into every interaction that they have. So sometimes it felt like a jump to certain, like why they made certain decisions. Like I often, like I don't understand sometimes why these strangers are helping this stranger (laughs) find her family. Like they just met, but they're like, yeah, let's go. So I I just, I want to get to know them more to be able to understand them individually. Um, so I hope that that's going to be in the second book. I, I think I'm definitely going to read the second book. The second book isn't out yet. Um, I don't know when it's supposed to come out, but yeah, I, I, I looked at that too. There's, I don't think there's any information out on no, it yet. No. And since it's self published, I mean, she's not going to be holding to any sort of release date from a publisher. So it'll come out whenever it's ready. Yeah. But I would like to, to read more like, you know, urban fantasy. I'm in, I'm in for it. So. And it was fun. Like you said, the characters are definitely what made it um, for me. Yeah. Well, what what would you rate it? <sighs> you know, I was thinking about this. It's tough. at least a four. I'm going to give it at mm-hmm. least a four. I was thinking maybe a little higher. Like, do I want to go full five stars? I don't think it's a five star book, although it's really fun. Like just for the fun factor, it feels like a five star for me anyhow. But then you get into the the questioning about things that brings it <laughs> down a little bit. Um, and after our discussion, I, I think four is a good, it's a good yeah. rating for this book. Yeah. What about you? Um, before we started uh, recording this, I was going to say three, but kind of after talking through some things, I feel like a three and a half, 3.5. Nice. So you did kind of change my mind a little bit. Yes. Just had to talk through a few things. Nice. Nice. Um, to be fair, just, I think you brought me down a little bit. So. Oh, so we evened it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just the simple fact that I, I do want to read the second book, I feel like it deserves a little bit more. So, yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, that's really kind of what it's about, right? Is is this book fun to read? Would we recommend it to other people? And I, I would re- definitely recommend this book to people. You know, just mm-hmm. don't go in thinking like everything's airtight and everything's going to make total sense. Just it's a character driven story. Yeah. It's a very different story than The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, but it's similar in the way that that is just about characters. That's very true. The, the story, the plot itself is almost secondary. It's just about meeting this great cast of characters. Um, and just having fun with them. And this book does that as well. Yeah. Well, it looks like the majority of the Goodread viewers, Goodread readers agree with your 
um, rating. It's currently rated 4.15 out of over 600 ratings. So means uh, people definitely liked it. I would say I would all. I would also still recommend it. It it did have good good characters. Do you have any recommendations for yeah. people who might like this kind of book? Yeah, I normally wouldn't recommend like the second book in a series instead of the first book, but in this instance, <laughs> it it'll make a lot of sense. Um, I recommend the Simon Snow trilogy by Rainbow Roll, but in particular, the second book, Wayward Son. Uh, the series in general is, is a, a YA fantasy about teenagers at a wizarding school. Um, but the second book is a road trip uh, book. So cool. if you like the idea of like YA fantasy and you like the road trip stuff, in general, this trilogy is really good. It's one of my favorite trilogies. And so I definitely recommend if you like YA fantasy. And then also I'd recommend... The City We Became by J.K. Jemison. Um, this is an adult sci-fi fantasy. I don't really, really know if it's sci-fi or fantasy. It's kind of shadows the line of both. Um, but it's about five guardians of New York City who must come together to defend their city. Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think of how much I can say without a spoiler. I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. Each borough of New York has its own guardian. That kind of represents oh. the flavor of that borough. Hmm. Um and then there's a big threat that's challenging all of the city. So they have to band together. So uh, great cast of characters. This book, well, both of these series, well, the Simon So series and The City We Became, both are um, queer friendly. They both have queer characters in there. They both have a diverse set of characters in terms of ethnicities. Um, so just like... The Black Veins has a wide range of characters, so do these books as well, which is another big reason why I would recommend them on top of plot elements being similar. Yeah. 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 What about you? Any recommendations? Um, yeah. My recommendations are also queer friendly. Um, so my the first book that I was thinking of um, was The Sound of Stars by Alicia Dow. It is a YA road trip romance uh that's taking place during an alien invasion on earth it just kind of had like a similar it, it, it had kind of a similar road trip kind of feel to me i forgot about the road trip part of that book oh yeah they're they're traveling literally yeah. across yeah. the it's entire a big part of the book and i forgot about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this book the black veins was very specifically not a romance book but the Sound of Stars is definitely a romance. So if you're looking for a road trip romance, this is perfect. Another one that I would recommend is Gear Breakers by Zoe Hannah Makuta, which we have an episode for also. Mostly I, I would think I, I'm thinking of this book just because of the found family kind mm, of yeah. storyline of it um, felt felt very similar to this. So if you're into like sci-fi robots and a little bit of really cute, adorable romance, I highly recommend this one. And then you, I was, I was just thinking you, you brought up the long way to a small angry planet, the long way to a small angry planet that I would say also is really good for a found family. And it's kind of a road trip, more like a galaxy trip. (laughs) 
I was, I was debating. It's like, is that a good record? It's not, it's not a road trip. It's yeah. It's a space trip kind of. Yeah. I mean, they're going, they're traveling. It's a, yeah. it's a travel trip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would say that one. It's that one. Um, that one is an adult book it is very, very queer. It's yep. so good. So yeah. if, if you are looking for something that's not YA has more interesting, deeper kind of topics, but also still super fun. I would recommend that book. Good recommendations all around, I think. Yeah, I agree. And in your recommendations, um, I have also been eyeing too. So I might have to try and find time this year or maybe next year. I work, I, I read slow. The City We Became is so... I mean, Simon Snow series is also really good. Great trilogy. But The City We Became, uh, I devoured that book. I think that was the last book I read in 2019. It was like right before the new year. And I just, oh, I loved it just so much. Straight through? I loved it so much. <laughs> and then I found out it's the first in a series. I, it was a standalone at the time. There was no word about a sequel. And then when I found out there's a sequel coming out, I'm like, yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah, so. Cannot <laughs> recommend that book enough. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you, first of all, Jason, for meeting up and discussing this book with me. Absolutely. Yeah, anytime. This is the last episode of season one. I think it was it was a good ending to it. So we're going to take a month off and we will be back in May. Mm hmm. For the beginning of season two, uh, there will be some changes and updates and, you know, fun stuff that we're planning. So if anyone has not followed us on social media yet, please do. We will be posting updates. We are Shit We've Read on Instagram and Twitter. I'm excited. I'm really excited for season two. I am super excited too. I know we have some stuff in the works now, some stuff that we've already decided, some that's still kind of being fleshed out. Nothing that we can say quite yet, but I am very excited for season two. And I think um, if you've enjoyed what we've been doing so far, you'll definitely like what's coming up next. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's going to be a busy year. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this is going to be cool. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Um, that's it. That's it. Um, if you listen to, you know, us so far this season, thank you so much. We, we greatly appreciate it. If you know anybody else who would like what we're doing here, by all means, please recommend yeah. us. Uh, you know, we're still growing, we're still learning, but, um, the future is looking pretty awesome and we're happy to have you follow us, like subscribe, rate all the all the BS that people on the internet tell you to do. It definitely does help. <laughs> it definitely does help us. So it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and two, um, we love recommendations. So if anybody wants to recommend any books to us, um, whether it's related to an episode or just something that you guys think we might like, definitely send us a, a message or comment on some of our posts. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've read this book and have any thoughts that you want to add, yes. anything we got wrong, anything you disagree with, please let us know. Yes. We love to talk about this stuff. Yep. 
And we are very open to people changing our minds about things. So if somebody wants to make my my rating go higher, please. <laughs> please. <Let's> talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Jason. Um, Thanks again to our listeners. And we will be back in May. Bye. See ya. This episode of Shit We've Read has been an Oblivion Geeks production, hosted by Laura Benson and Jason Rico, with music by Joshua Chilton. To join the discussion on this and all other books we've read, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For episode transcripts and more information about us, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bilo Network. Visit bilonetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) 